This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, we started, we were holding in, in the concept of Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, I want to do something a little bit uh, underhand and, and just refer back at two points that I found to previous um, lectures. The first one is a Kuzari. I think I'd mention it, but I don't know if I gave the exact Maramakom. It was when we spoke about God being one on one side and many in the other way. In other words, when we spoke about evolutionists claiming the, the fact that there's an underlying unity in all living beings as kind of supporting the notion of self-evolution uh, and so on. And we said that it actually fits very well the picture we have of the diversity coming back into unity. That actually is a point made very strongly in the Kuzari. It's the fourth mimer, um, number 25, when the Kuzari asked the Chavar to tell him about how, about, about the, um, not, uh, about the knowledge that Torah has of the natural world and so on, and to quote the line, he starts off by telling him about Sefer Yitzira, and he says, this, te- this Sefer teaches us to see that God's unity and mastery are revealed in things that at one end or from one side they are diverse and very different and from the other side there is a unity and fit between all these pieces and that fit comes from the one who organized everything Um, and he claims that this are the first three words of Sefi Yitzira, and the rest of it is really out of our purvey, it's not what we're dealing with, but just this concept that a diverse creation and a, and a single God would mean that creation itself comes back to diversity, the Kuzari says it in Maima Dalet Chafei, and it's well worth looking at it and remembering it. A second point that I came across today actually and I wanted to note, make note of it, is when we spoke about the concept of an in innate sense of belief and the, um, as a sort of evidence of uh, a divine, the fact that we recognize that idea, the rebuttal to that is always that it's a psychological uh, anarchism, it's kind of primitive man was scared and uh, he was, and everything was full of boogeymen, and he needed God to protect him, and it's a father figure, and all sorts of psychological explanations. Um, I came across today, it's actually, I think it's, uh, it was yesterday's New York Times, an op-ed columnist named Charles Blow. It's called Defecting to Faith, and um, i just reread a few lines. Most people are religious because they're raised to be. They're indoctrinated by their parents. So goes the rationale of my non-religious friends. Maybe. But a study entitled Faith in Flux issued this week by the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life 
questioned nearly 3,000 people and found that most children raised unaffiliated with the religion later chose to join one. Indoctrination be damned. By contrast, only 14% of those raised Catholic and 13% of those raised Protestant later became unaffiliated. Um, the, um, uh, and, you know, it's a short piece and he goes on to give his little take on it. I um, no way of knowing exactly uh, how uh, well the study is done. Uh, maybe it's done, it's not, you know, uh, there, there, are, there are many ways to improperly do a study, but it is published in the New York Times, which means that they found it to be worth noting and credible enough um, that it, I guess it's a respectful study. The, the sense that people who had raised psychologically quote-unquote healthy and with none of these notions of a bogeyman and so on, yet felt a certain um, void and something lacking, which might very well be along the lines that we spoke of. Those are just two points I wanted to note and uh, as a, a hashlamer things we said before. Let's go back to the point we're dealing with. <coughs> we said that HaKadosh Baruch who is, besides being a fact in the sense of creator, there's a rotzon there, and this rotzon is what's called tov, and this really is the core and the soul of the Torah. Let us be a little more specific about two elements that are included in the Torah. We find many times, especially in the Ramchal, it's a, it's a common, common lashon that he uses, Ritzono v'chochmoso yisparach. HaKadosh Baruch was Rotson and Chachma, and the Chachma not being of the, um, of the secular type in the sense of the, of the design of the universe, but rather as related to Torah. In, in other words, God displayed to us, communicated to us, two um, pillars of the, of, of the essence, so to speak, of Hashem as opposed to his doings and activities, there are actually, um, there are two core components of, um, of, of, of the essence that's communicated to us. Very similar to the way that a person, when we speak of somebody and our relationship to him, we'll say, he's done this for me, he's been there at this and this critical junction, I can depend on him in this and this. He has the following IQ and the following resume. But then I say qualities such as um, we really like each other. There's depth to the person. The, the, the person has soul. There are a lot of descriptions that relate to the essence and to the core rather than just the activities that can be enumerated and so on. So in HaKadosh Baruch when we speak about the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as he reveals himself to us, we come to Ritzono and Chachmaso. Both those pillars reflect themselves in the Torah. The Ramban in Kedoshim, very, very famous Ramban, when he speaks about what is the midst of Kedoshim to you, Rashi learns that it's a very specifically geared Farayos. Ramban makes the following statement, that Torah consists of pratim and klolim. It consists of the details of the law, the letter of the law, so to speak, 
and it consists of something more than that, and we are obligated to relate to both of them. We're obligated to keep the protim, we're obligated to keep the kololim. And he gives us an example, Kedoshim, he gives us an example of Asisa Tovayasha, he gives us an example of Anochi. In other words, they're, they're, they're sweeping um, concepts that embrace all of the details, that, that the spirit behind it all, that is um, the Kalolim of Torah and are as incumbent on us as are the details. I would like to give the two terms, name it as such. The details are the Chachma, um, these are quantifiable, as Chachma is, and you can use rules of logic. The Seichel is the primary vehicle for um, dealing with it, for grasping it, grasping, um, extrapolating it, and, uh, and, and uh, developing it. The part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we, we would call Ritzono is not, the Seichel is not a very good tool, or it's not at all a tool to deal with it. And just like a, a fork is a wonderful, wonderful tool, but for soup it's absolutely <laughs> useless. Um, it's just not the right tool for soup. And you can stab at the soup all day long, it's not much going to happen there. The, 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 the heart, if you wish, let's call it that way, is the tool for picking up Ritzono. But it's the heart as directed by the Seichel. It's not whatever I want God wants, but as the more I've shaped my personality through Seichel to be God-like, uh, the more I pick up the Ruach Advarim. So the obligations that are like Ava and Yira, that are Kedoshim to you, that are Vasisim Hayashav Atov, all of those are revelations of God's Ratzon, and we deal with it in ways of our Neshama. Um, there was a word I was looking for last time, I found it, and the word was to resonate. When you have um, two things that are of a similar pitch, and one of them begins to vibrate, the other one vibrates in resonance with that one, um, and that is that is how our Ratzon becomes akin to the Ratzon HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like it says, Bata Ritzon Chomitnei Ritzono, and he'll be with Bata Ritzon Chomitnei Ritzon When Ratzon meets Ratzon, when we do things that are L'Ratzon, and so on, we are in sync with HaKadosh Baruch Ratzon, and both harmonize together. So that is the concept of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzon. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted something. The word that fits, the, the root word is Tov. The Tov is expressed both in specifics, those are the mitzvahs, and in generalities, which is the sweeping concept that sort of uh, connects and brings together all of that. So we've moved a step. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, as, uh, as a an abstract entity as a kind of cold entity and and Akarish Baruchu with Chachma and Rotson means he has a goal for the Bria. He wants something out of the Bria and it is possible to gauge 
plus and minus in terms of that rotsen. Am I with the rotsen, furthering the rotsen, embodying the rotsen, or thwarting it, um, avoiding it, and maybe rolling back the, the brie and so on. In order to connect with that rotsen, we now need to come to the next step of our amuna, and that is communication. It is all well and fine that there is a God who brought everything into existence and put in design and intelligence, etc., etc. It is all well that that God is, has a rotsen and he has a tachos for the Bria, but um, he now has to be able to communicate it. L- l- that brings us to the next step in Amuna, but I would like to skip a few steps because logically, what's going to come later really belongs over here. The concept that we have of Mashiach and Tchias HaMesim belong to this realm of Ratzon. In other words, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu would not have any, would not have any goal for the Bria, would not have anything in mind for the Bria, so it would be fine for him set the stage, let people take care of themselves, exercise their deus and their etzonos, and that's that. And some do good, some don't good. That's not true. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a rotsen for the Bria, he had a tachos for the Bria, it is not possible that that not be realized. This is the yesod, possibly, of the Das Tuvunas Ramchal. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Rotson is not open for debate. If he wanted a good world, the world will be good. Um, however, the process of getting there allows for man to get there. But all the things that, like Mashiach, which is one level of Tikkun, and Tchiyas HaMesim, which is the eventual level of Tikkun, and we will speak about it as we go along, and, and later in order, but I wanted to mention it because in a certain sense this is logically first. That is a direct corollary of the fact that HaKadosh Baruch has a Rotson and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rotson is not to ever be thwarted. Um, we say it, in, in, when we say down the Animam in Fethus Mesa, we say, Be'es she'yale ha-Rotson lefanav. Yes? I guess I'm a little bit confused. On the one hand, it seems that there's Rotson, which is the general cloud which is um, how we relate, you know, how Hashem, so to speak, expresses Himself in this world that we can relate to Hashem, and that develops into Chachma, right? Which is the details of how right. that Ratzon is expressed in this world. But I, I'm confused by Mashiach or Tchias um, Amesing being being that Ratzon. Because okay. how do those how, how does the Chachma deal with that Ratzon? Okay. Well, th- that, I guess we're using the word Ratzon kind of in two ways. Kadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzon for this world was Tov. So a world that is Kulo Tov is what, I- is what will be. Um, and therefore, at the end of days, it will be good. And the world will be good. Now, the, the, the Kadosh Baruch Hu felt that the best would be that we be given a chance to develop that Tov. 
and that's that's where Chachma comes in a lot more. So a person, the Ratzon is, just like, for instance, when you're raising a child, um, and you use different methods in raising him. Sometimes you're all tough, sometimes you're all strict, sometimes you're punished, sometimes you're nice. But um, besides the particular niceness, punishment, whatever it is, a, a child says, well, all my father really wanted was I should grow up to be a Nachas. So there's a sense of the underlying Ratzon, which comes, and since HaKadosh Baruch Hu, nothing is, it comes to naught of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's doing, there will be, at the end, a ticker. There has to be. And the question is just, how much will we be fortunate to serve? But all of the end things are part of the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the phrase that's used commonly is, Sof Maitse Machshavat Chila. This is what Kashbaku intended, and therefore it's going to be. But now let us go. So we skip kind of steps, but now let us go back to what is the normal step in terms of the Animaimans. And that is what the Ramam says in Yesodia Torah. He says, Mi Yesodi Hadas, it is of the fundamentals of the Das, Leida Shahakel Menabes Adam, to know, to realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives Nevoa to people. Now, this is a... Um, uh, when the Ram describes it as a fundamental, he doesn't mean it. It's a very important thing. It, it, the Rambam's the Yisodos means it, it, everything else will collapse unless this is in place. And the reason why Amuna is... Um, in Nevoa is one of the Gimikrim, and not just another good thing. I mean, we, 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 if we read the Torah, we, we believe that a Kongadl goes in Lefnai Lefnim, and he brings Ketores, and HaKadosh Baruch appears to him, and yet it's not from the Ikre Amuna. Nevoa is the next fundamental step. If there is no Nevoa, if communication between the divine and the human is impossible, then there may be a great God, there may be one religion, we have no way of ascertaining it, and we can't know what it is, and therefore it's all worthless once again. So Nevua in its big sense means God can and does communicate with humanity. Um, that is, if, if, and many people in the modern world today believe in a God, they believe in morality, they believe God is moral, but the idea that God can and did communicate with the world is something that they just can't accept. But the basis for Torah is Nevoah. The Rambam says everybody had a different diagnosis of Nevoah in the Makab of the Torah, everybody was Nevi'im. What it means is a Navi is someone who is part of God's conversation. The word Nevoah comes from the word Nifsosayim, do Shalom say, which means the word of a mouth. A Navi means someone who was communicated to by God. And therefore, it is a fundamental of Amuna that, um, that there was such a communication. It is also the reason why the belief in Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah as being unique is going to um, be also a, a, a fundamental according to Rambam. And, and this really bothers us. It's a certain prat. I mean, Nevoah has dozens of points at Lamasha. It says a Navi he, he falls apart when, he's, when he has a Navua and he does this that. 
it's all emes, it's all Torah, and if somebody denies any part of Torah, he's um, an chorus of sorts. Um, so Nevoas Moshe, the Teretz is, Nevoas Moshe has two extremely significant aspects. One is, all Nevi'im gave us general Musa. Do good, don't do bad, you're sinning, etc., etc. Moshe Rabbeinu gave us very detailed laws. And unless we're to believe that his communication is perfect, the value of the laws are only as good as Moshe, not as good as HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If, if we didn't have the knowledge and trust that Moshe Rabbeinu's, Torah, that Moshe Rabbeinu's perception of what HaKadosh Baruch communicated is perfect, then if you bring a tape in a court case and the tape is scratchy and hissing and blurred, so whatever, whatever the guy said on the tape is only as good as the tape. And, you know, it becomes uh, inadmissible, just as the, the tape is not clear enough. And um, even if you hear somebody saying something, you say, well, it might be just a tape distorting or a different word of his. Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah had to be letter perfect because Torah has to be an absolute um, communication from God. The, 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 um, in, 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 in movies, if, um, if uh, anyone, I, I, mean, I don't know today, but in my days, a prophet in a movie was somebody with a lot of idealism, a lot of um, fervor for truth and justice, and a touch mad. The Navi was always the guy who was borderline schizophrenic, borderline um, revolutionary, borderline um, noble idealist and courageous person. But you always felt that you're talking with somebody who is sort of skirting on the edge of sanity. The, uh, if that was true, then we couldn't trust anything. Um, a Navi has to be, go through a long process of being impeccable in terms of his character, his understanding, his wisdom. A Suffolk nut is certainly not worthy of being followed. Um, that's, that, that, that is so different than the picture we have. The Avram Avinu, the Ramam says one of the two or three things we learned from the Akedah, and it's an extraordinary point that he makes. He says, Avram Avinu was asked to sacrifice his child, his only child, with everything the Akedah includes. So everybody says, well, why didn't Avram Avinu rebel against God and say, I'm not going to do it? That's one question. The, the Raman points out a much more practical question. Why didn't he say, you know, I haven't been getting enough sleep lately? It, it, it's not, uh, I mean, you know, it's something I'm eating maybe. Uh, I've, I've, you know, I, I need a good shrink. I mean, if we were to start hearing voices telling us to kill somebody, hopefully we would have, um, we would still have the good sense to go look for help. Um, it, 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 you know, why didn't he doubt his, his, that he heard right? So Ramam says, you see from here that the communications of, of God through Nevoah were as clear to the Avos and to the Nevi'im as a friend talking to you. Um, you never doubt it if you hear somebody talking face to face. You, you don't doubt that you're crazy, um, even though some crazy people are that madrega, but it's not, it's not something that you doubt. That you doubt. It, it, Nevoah was as clear as reality was to them. And that's why Torah had to be given 
to Klai Yisrael as Nevi'im, by definition, and Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who gave most of the Torah. Um, there is a, a, a smaller version of this, of God communicating, and let's explain it before Matan Torah. Um, in other words, essential communication is Matan Torah, and that we're going to speak about a lot, because that is really the basis for everything that we do and we need to do. But just to give the full picture, um, there are other communications of God. The Bria is called Mamorim, Basar Mamorim Nivrolam, Vayomer, 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 and so on. Um, the Rishonim all say that um, why is the word Amira used? And we will say it in Hakadamis on Shavuos, you know, because it's effortless. Especially the letter of Hey is an effortless letter, and therefore kind of spoke the world with a Hey because it's effortless. That's fine. So why it says a speech rather than a deed, and um, we'll say that it's because it's effortless. But why does it say speech instead of thought? Uh, why didn't God just beam his thoughts into the world and make a world? I mean, I don't know what thoughts are, I don't know what speech by God is, I don't know what deeds are. So whatever it is, we're using a metaphor, and if you want to, and if, if I were to say, if I want to say that somebody is doing something effortless, I say, you know, as soon as he wants something, it's there. I don't say as soon as he yells at the waiter. As soon as he wants something, it's there. So the um, the the answer is when Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the world, he not only brought the things into existence, he communicated something with every piece of creation. So the Gemara says, had Torah not be given, I could have learned Sneis Mechassel. I could have learned um, Gezel from uh, I could have learned, um, you know, from Ayoyna. All sorts of things I could have learned from different creations. The reason is because Akash did not only put in things that physically exist, he put things into the Bria that carry a message with them. Um, second thing, uh, people's, what we call conscience, um, is a a very muffled version of a Baruch communicating with us. Don't do it. It's wrong. There's something within us that is a voice um, of a Baruch communicating right and wrong to us. And we find Chazal, Basko, Yotzei Choref, and so on. So all of these are a Baruch Hu communicated to us because the purpose of the world is there's a purpose. We can only realize the purpose if there's some sort of communication. Avraham Avinu learned Torah from himself. That means that something in himself was picking up, an antenna was picking up God's words. Or, using, I guess, we, technology gives a lot of wondrous possibilities, God implanted a chip in man that would have a goodness chip. Put it that way, however you want to say it. But there was a message carried from the divine to the human. The problem with all of these messages are that they are very, very vague, and um, they could not, uh, I- I- you could not build anything really solid on it, 
and certainly the vast majority of humanity who are all who have a lot of um, a lot of bias one way or another, not in full control of the tithes, etc. Um, you could not possibly convey God's will in a pure way, and therefore you needed an event like Maimon Sinai. So Maimon Sinai is called Aseris Adibros. The difference between a Mimer and a Dibur is a Mimer is when you say something and even if you're not talking to anyone in particular, the word Amira is, is correct. In other words, when I'm standing and talking to myself, um, you are saying, that is Amira. Amira is the act of vocalizing something. Dibur is the act of communicating to somebody. So Asarim Amara's God spoke, but unless you were tuned in, and unless, unless you are tuned in, I mean, nobody was around it, unless you are tuned in, and unless you um, are able, you have a very sensitive hearing, and you can discriminate between background noise and what exactly is Akash Baruch Hu wants, then without that, that communication is lost on you. Dibris are direct, they're focused on a person, and they're focused on people, and, and therefore the communication is much more clear, it's much more direct, and does not, uh, and, and the person senses it as such, we heard Akash Baruch Hu speaking, a person knows exactly what Akash Baruch Hu said, and it is um, it, it is very easy to get a sense of Kashbaruch who's um, Ratzon from. So the next stage is going to be Torah. What we're going to need to uh, to to flesh out for us is what exactly did we receive from Sinai? Um, where does Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat come in? Once again, we're going to need to find, I guess the word would be approaches, to proving the Amitius of Torah. In other words, um, we, we're going to need to ask ourselves what are the um, underpinnings, what, what, what are the his bonanism, what are the, 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 the evidence that gives the Torah the stature it has in terms of its emiss. Um, how do we discriminate between that and uh, other works that also claim to be of divine origin and people swear by it and kill by it and so on um, w- where we find it unique and the same thing like when we speak about Kaddish Baruch Hu, we're not going to find proof um, you're going to keep finding evidence and it is, it, as important as it is to be to have to be mechazek emuna in a kaddish baruch as such, emuna in Torah in some ways is much more significant. A because we usually have a bigger design with Torah than we do with a kaddish baruch because a kaddish baruch is an idea and it's fine to believe in it. it doesn't matter mechaving Torah is mechaving an awful lot. Um, also Torah is something. Also a kaddish baruch himself. It's a vague idea, the Creator, which kind of, it's not, it's, it is very difficult to really, it, it, to um, disprove it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, you know, it's not, 
since since the Kashbaru Kaviyahu is is not at all tangible in any way, so this proving it is also hard. And it's like we said before, you, it's a kind of guessing game. If I were creator, I would do it differently. So hence, it can't be the creator. But when you're talking about Torah, you're talking about a very specific document. You're talking about a very specific um, words and the ability to refute is much stronger. So all all of the above, we're going to need to discuss what do we get at Sinai, the different parts of Torah, um, how do we know, and and um, what guarantees do we have of their validity. So, ready. Um, I, the, I'm assuming the Ratzon of Hashem from creation until today, so to speak, has not changed. Yeah. So if through the Marmaros, Hashem was sort of speaking, he was communicating his Ratzon, but in a much vaguer fashion. Right. Than through the Debros. So I, I, I'm just trying to understand how, you know, for example, Adam Arishon, he only had basically one mitzvah, so to speak. Right. Then Abraham Avinu, he was able to intuit the whole Torah. Right. So, if the Ratzon has always been the same, was the Chochmah of the, of the Torah, of the 613 mitzvahs, was that always innate in the Bria, or is that something that developed over time based on where the Bria was? In other words, why do we say that Abraham Avinu was able to understand Torah through himself, whereas Adam Rishon, we don't hear about Adam Rishon putting on tefillin and Adam, Adam Rishon keeping everything. We, where, where do things change along the line there? Um, does, does this yeah, it's it's a very it's a good question. In general, first of all, Adam Rishon, it seems to be of a whole different nature, and you know it's it's like there's a different world. There was a world of Adam Lifnachet and then after the Chet. One would assume the following. That I mean, it, it 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 says it pretty much. Mitzvahs can all be part of one um, entity. In other words, the mitzvahs can all be compacted into one great mitzvah. Other mission had a mitzvah's essay and a mitzvah's los essay. Um, the work on the trees in Gan Eden was the sum total of all essays. And, in other words, the form that it took was lava, l'shamra l'avda, and the losa says was nati tmeitadas. The, um, it, in a certain sense, that's closer. Being a Kaddish Baruch who is one, this is a, it's a picture, it's a picture of the emis that's closer to Baruch All of good is one, all of bad is one. Similar to the Rambam is saying that all mitzvahs boil down to Hashem's achtus and all averes boil down to Avodazar. Once man failed at that task, then it became broken down into bits and pieces, allowing for, it's like Moshe if you make a machine out of cast iron, the whole thing is cast. It's very strong, but if something breaks, you've got to throw the whole thing out. It's like uh, 
the electrical stuff we have today. When I was young, a TV set had bits and pieces. It had tubes and wires, and there were people who were TV repairmen, and you took out the tubes, put in the tubes. Today, if, um, if the board goes, everything goes. No, you can't fix a board because it's one piece in a certain sense. Um, on a practical level, it's one piece. So um, it's, it was a certain way of recasting the world with a possibility for Tikkun. It's something that it's off topic, and, and we should go into it, discussing about different failures of the Bria and Tikkun of the Bria, and is that a reflection on shortcoming of Kodesh Baruch Hu, um, or not? Shuva was created for the world was created. There's the, the concept of the world moving into a world of Tikkun, meaning that has the possibility to rectify itself, is is really the topic we're talking about. So it is something, but but the basic, the the, the general answer would be, all, all of our mitzvahs together were in the Le'ovda, and all of the the Averis were in the Lo Soha. That that's it, it, um, it, it, it all came there. It once that failed, it it became broken up into a lot of pieces, and do this, do this, do that. Um, let's give a muscle, just. Let's say you're teaching somebody to to play basketball, to dance. If somebody's intuitive, he sort of picks it up as it is, and you you know you you you, you help him a bit. If somebody's bad at it, what you do is you break it into pieces, and you you try to break the you you make steps out of it, and and each step the guy can practice until he's able to do the whole thing. So breaking something down into components, into pieces, into steps is a way of making it accessible to people that just couldn't handle the whole thing in one shot. It's like if we were to give ourselves a muscle, all of the Itzaharas that we have for all the different Averas were in one Aver of any Itzadas. Imagine take all the Itzaharas, Itzahara for Taif and for Kavit and for Chila and for, and, and, and for everything we have in Chemdus and Mamon, put it all together and there's one Avera that this is, it's, it's like double nothing. We either somehow find the strength to stop ourselves, and then that's it, or the chances are very, very powerful that we'll fail. So our Kodesh broke into pieces, and we can work on Taiva separately, on Chemtza Mama separately, on Kavit separately, and on Kina separately, and so on, and then be metaking ourselves. Okay.